welcome all of you to Hogwarts. I welcome all of you to school. Did you know that here at Hogwarts, we've got a hidden swimming pool? Welcome, 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 Hogwarts. Welcome, hotties, nerds, and tools. Now that I've got you here at Hogwarts, I'd like to go over just a couple of rules. Here at that Realm of Endless Stories, if we love it, we read it, watch it, and talk about it. I'm Albus Dumbledore, headmaster of Hogwarts. You can all call me Dumbledore. I suppose you can also call me Albus if you wanted attention. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'll expel you if you call me Albus. Woo, 10 points to Dumbledore. And I am someone who knows exactly what the function of a rubber duck is. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to the Realm of Endless Stories podcast. I'm Sarah. And for those of you who have been here through Good Omens and She-Ra and all of our other craziness, thank you so much for sticking around. We really appreciate you. Yeah, we really, really do. And I am Soleil. Reminder that this is not a spoiler-free podcast, and we are marked explicit for occasional cursing and discussion topics. All views and opinions expressed in episode discussions are our own, because honestly, who else could come up with this stuff? I know. And special thanks to Starkid and their absolutely amazing trio of Harry Potter musicals and all of the other musicals they have also done. Special shout out to Holy Musical Batman. Yeah. Uh, we love you, and you will find yourself being mentioned very many times as we jump from Shira to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. This is going to be our very first episode of Harry Potter. Strap in for the next 28 years of your life as we cover everything. everything. And things you didn't even know were part of Harry Potter. Exactly. Flavor Flav. You'll thank us later. Yes, you'll thank us later. But before we start, I want to make this perfectly clear. Neither of us here in the realm of endless stories support the author of the Harry Potter series. Let's call her She Who Must Not Be Named. In her views or personal beliefs, especially those expressed within the past couple of years, we do not acknowledge garbage humans. She may have created this lovely magical world, but it no longer belongs to her. The wizarding world belongs to all of us, those of all sexes, genders, sexualities, races, ethnicities, religions, and creeds. Magic lives in all of us, and hate in any kind is not welcome here. Here, here. I thought you were going to say, hem, hem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that we've gotten our garbage fire human out of this discussion, we're going to talk a little bit about ourselves and give a brief description of how we're going to approach Harry Potter, because we're going to take it from a different angle than most other podcasts tend mm-hmm. to. And then you'll get a glimpse of just some of the shenanigans that you are likely to encounter on this wondrous journey. Yes. So strap in because y'all got no idea what, to, what you're in store yeah. for. <laughs> no, you are going, we're going to ask questions that you didn't know should be asked. And right. you're going to find answers mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, from the beginning of the universe all the way to the future. How magic solved the dark matter problem. Exactly. Ha, huh, you didn't know about that. But just you wait. Okay. My name is Sarah. I am a Hufflepuff. Very proud. I 
Um, I guess the original hipster, because I was a Hufflepuff before it was cool. That's true. With, what was that? That's true, I said. Oh, okay. I was like, you talking shit about my house? You want to no, go? No, I mean, I don't think I've met anyone that is more Hufflepuff than you. Oh, thanks. As I sit here in my Hufflepuff jacket. <laughs> <laughs> my secondary house is Ravenclaw. And my wand is 11 inches long, made of redwood with a unicorn hair center. And and by center, I mean core. core. This, isn't, this isn't a chocolate. It's got, it's got a gooey center. It's filled with unicorn it, hair. It's, it's filled with unicorn hair. And it's quite bendy flexibility, like Elle Woods when she does the bend and snap. And we wanted to, as we explain our wands and wand cores, wanted to refer to some of She Who Must Not Be Named's writings as to what the wand would and wand cores do for the individual that is chosen by said wand. Mm -hmm. So wizardingworld.com says that wand would... Nope. Nope. Because and what you will learn very quickly is that (laughs) I can't read. I didn't know you could read. Read, I I didn't know I couldn't. (laughs) Actually, by this point, I really did know I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Wand quality redwood is in short supply, yet constant demand due to its reputation for bringing good fortune to its owner. As is usually the case with wand lore, the general populace... Populace? (laughs) (laughs) I am so sorry. Populace have the truth back to front. Redwood wands are not themselves lucky, but are strongly attracted to witches and wizards who already possess the admirable ability to fall on their feet, to make the right choice, to snatch advantage from catastrophe. The combination of such a witch or wizard with a redwood wand is always intriguing, and I generally expect to hear of exciting exploits when I send this special pairing out from my workshop. And the meaning of a unicorn core, unicorn hair core, yes, yeah, the the uniform, the uniform. Oh my gosh. I'm having so much trouble today. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Listeners, you get used to it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. So my gooey unicorn hair core filled center. Ew. (laughs) Unicorn hair generally produces the most consistent magic and is least subject to fluctuations and blockages. Wands with unicorn cores are generally the most difficult to turn to the dark arts. Well, that goes with the Hufflepuff thing. Yeah. They are the most faithful of all wands. They usually remain strongly attached to their first owner, irrespective of whether he or she was an accomplished witch or wizard. Minor disadvantages of unicorn hair is that they do not make the most powerful wands, although the wand would may compensate for this, and that they are prone to melancholy if seriously mishandled, meaning that the hair may die and be re- need replacing. So mm. to everybody with unicorn hair or wands, be nice to your wands or they'll get sad and die. And that, that would is, be tragic. That's so depressing. I know, right? Be nice to your wands. They chose you. Yes, Pikachu. Yes. So how about you tell us about who you are and your wand, wood, and cord and see if you can say it any better. And <laughs> Okay, so my name is Sole. My primary house is Gryffindor. I do not know why. I always thought I was a Hufflepuff. I always thought I was a Hufflepuff. You do have a lot of Hufflepuff in you. That's my secondary house, but I always thought Hufflepuff will be my primary house. I guess that that's why I identify with Neville so much, that I really, really wanted to be a Hufflepuff, and I thought I was, but then the Sorting Hat said, no, you're a Gryffindor. But that's the reason Neville was a hat stall. 
because the hat said you're in Gryffindor. I acknowledge your Hufflepuffness, but you have more Gryffindor. And Neville's like, no hat, you're wrong. Yeah, I think I would have been the same way. Who knows me better than me? Put me in Hufflepuff in the house. The hat was like, no. Yeah. You listen to me, you little shit. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that's why I say I don't know why I'm a Gryffindor. Tell me why. (laughs) They didn't want to tell me why. Didn't want to tell you why. Okay. Didn't want me. So my secondary house is Hufflepuff. My wand is ebony with a phoenix feather core, a 12 and a quarter inch slightly yielding flexibility. Okay, so no bend and snap for you. Well, yielding is like giving under pressure. So I'm guessing like yeah. under pressure, it will yeah, give so, a... so it would be like bend and yes. snap. <laughs> really snap. Instead of the bend and snap. Oh. That would not be good. Don't do that. No. Okay, so let me give this reading thing another try. Okay. Ebony wands. This jet black wand wood has an impressive appearance and reputation, being highly suited to all manner of combative magic and to transfiguration. Ebony is happiest in the hand of those with the courage to be themselves. Frequently nonconformist, highly individual, or comfortable with the status of outsider, ebony wand odors have been found both among the ranks of the Order of the Phoenix and among Death Eaters. In my experience, the ebony wand's perfect match is one who will hold fast to his or her beliefs, no matter what the external pressure, and will not be swayed lightly from their purpose. That is a very Gryffindor wand. It is. Okay. So you may have to acknowledge that the hat was right. Yeah, maybe. Not yet. And your Phoenix tail feather core mm-hmm. is the rarest core type. Phoenix feathers are capable of giving the greatest range of magic, though they may take longer than either unicorn or dragon cores to reveal this. They show the most initiative, sometimes acting of their own accord, a quality that many witches and wizards dislike. Phoenix feather wands are always the pickiest when it comes to potential owners, for the creature from which they are taken is one of the most independent and detached in the world. These wands are the hardest to tame and to personalize, and their allegiance is usually hard won. I mean, both characteristics, the wood and the and the feather, phoenix feather, are very... What? Shake your... <laughs> you said the wood, and I thought, and the Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to me. <laughs> no. So both of those are very Gryffindor. I mean, it couldn't be a better one for a Gryffindor person. I still don't think I'm a full Gryffindor, but I will accept it for now. Right. Okay. So the next thing we wanted to share was our, I don't know how you pluralize this, Patroni? Patronuses? Patronium? I don't I, that, that makes it sound like a chemical element. Yeah. That's your Patronus, Soleil. My Patronus was, not was, is still, I think. <laughs> I haven't cast it in a while, so I don't know. But I think Ooh, it's good, still a... Good, good save. Good save. <laughs> it's a falcon, which I was very surprised and pleased. I loved all birds. I think they're very majestic. I love flying. I might be the only, well, not the only, but the most excited person on a plane when I have to travel somewhere and I take pictures and my husband is, that's what they're going to find when we crash. I'm like, awesome. I'm still flying. So I don't care. <laughs> So that's, I was very, very happy with my Falcon Patronus. I do have to ask though, does your daily diet consist of protein shakes, falcon eggs, and rocks? Doesn't every Gryffindor has that diet? And rock! And right, falcon eggs and rocks! But she's a Slytherin. 
but she was teaching Gryffindors. So I yeah, I mean, she she was the Gryffindor head of house, wasn't it? She had Hermione. Well, she was the girl. Yeah. No, she was just um, your mama. For those who have no idea what we're talking about, we're talking about Umbridge from a very Potter sequel. And if you don't know, you should go to YouTube right now and watch it. Although watch the first one first. Yes. It'll make more sense that way. <laughs> <laughs> Although they're very independent. If I mean, if you want to know all the characters and, and the actors and everything, yeah, watch the first one. But if you watch the second one, I think you can still understand it. If you know yeah. the books. Yes. But some of the jokes from the first one then make become a lot funnier because they reference things that hadn't happened yet. That's true. Time travel. Time travel. My Lauren. Patronus, mm-hmm. which I found extremely offensive or affronting at first, being that I am a cat person, I've always been a cat person. My Patronus is a Scottish West Highland Terrier. And I was like, you gave me a dog? How dare? And then I looked up traits common to West Highland Terriers. And they are extremely protective of their owners and very, very loyal. And I was like, oh, damn, that's a Hufflepuff trait. Okay, I'll yeah. stop questioning the magical items now. Like, <laughs> I don't want to believe that I'm a Gryffindor. And maybe they know why they give us the things they give us. Tell me why. And nothing but a Gryffindor. Yeah. <laughs> it works. Then we thought we'd add a little bit of fun and talk about who our three favorite characters are. Just name mm-hmm. them. Not talk about them because that will we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. And if we were at Hogwarts, what our favorite class would be and one extracurricular activity that we would choose participate in you don't see our document that we follow but i wrote in sarah's because she loved oliver wood it said three fave characters that are not oliver and she wrote in mind not molly because she knows i love molly weasley (laughs) so there are rules (laughs) those are the rules so since i cannot say molly weasley i'm gonna have to go with fred and george i'm I'm sorry i'm sorry greg and forge they're one person they're one unity (laughs) But I said three favorite characters. They're one unity. You mean entity. Unity entity. Okay. Okay. I mean, they're together. You can see them as one. And they ended up being one. So. That was uncalled for. How <laughs> dare you? I. Wow. He did. I, so you can't say no. It's the oh truth. Oh my God. What the hell? I was trying to say they have very distinctive personalities. As, as you can tell. After book seven, but I don't want to get sad this early. And you were like, well, they were two and now they're one. And I was like, oh, straight out the gate. Okay. Let's just be sad now. Yes. So my second one is Neville. He's the one that I identify with the most. And the third one is Hermione. Were you going to say why or just... Because. No, we were not going to say why right now. Well, you told why Neville. So I expected a follow-up to Hermione. Why Hermione? Because she is... The best. I mean, there's no words to describe <laughs> how good she is. She's everything you want. And also, because she's new to the wizarding world, kind of like we, we were when we were introduced to it. And we can see everything from her perspective. I think it's it's amazing. And she is a great person overall. Yes. My favorite class will be Transfiguration. And I love that my one is really good for Transfiguration. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't know. I find shape-shifting, turning things into other things, very intriguing. And I think it, it is. Be- it's like when McGonagall turned her desk into a pig and back again. Like that's pretty. That's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was surprised. I don't know why you'd need to turn it into a pig. Like, oh, quick, hide my desk. Just here. <laughs> somebody comes in. Have you seen it? What? No, there are no desks here. Just this pig. You know. <laughs> I would have done it the other way around. You know, turn the pig into a desk. So right. <laughs> 
happening? I don't know. There's a desk here. Just this pig in the middle of a classroom. It's totally yeah. normal. Keep moving. <laughs> An extracurricular, I think I will love Quidditch, but not so much for the sport itself, although I do like sports and play sports, but for the fly-in. Maybe I would create something different. That would be like recreational flying. Like, you know, the cyclists that you see on the side of the street, they, they just get together and they go for a ride from one place to another. So it would be like that, but at Hogwarts flying. So you'd create like extreme badminton on broomsticks. Yes. <laughs> yes. But just for fun, you know, like we'll, we'll start here. We'll go three times around the castle and then come back so that will be my type of thing so if i have to pick something it will be quidditch for the flying not the death wish not all quidditch players have a death wish you could die you could they often don't i don't know i want to see statistics would i mean that would be because i guess i'll work backwards then because my extracurricular activity was also quidditch (laughs) i would be i'd like to think a beater for the hufflepuff team i cannot see you as a beater i will see you more as a either chaser but more keeper really i mean i am i am a keeper yes you are a keeper oh thanks (laughs) i can see that too For the same reason I can see myself as a beater, it's one of the positions in which you have the most control over what's going on Mm -hmm. because you don't have to worry about other things coming at you. You are in control of the things coming at you. Yeah. You can prepare for it. And generally, I think if I remember my Quidditch rules correctly, you're not allowed to shoot bludgers at, at the keeper. No. So... You don't have to worry about that. Whereas when you're the beater, you're in control of the bludgers. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about getting sideswiped by one that came out of nowhere. Yeah. I just don't see you being that aggressive. You know, trying to knock other players off the brooms. Oh, you haven't seen me at a sporting event. No. I get scary. (laughs) I like on my feet yelling, screaming, like, oh, I am full on into it. I don't know that part of you yet. I think it would be a great stress reliever too. Yeah, that's like I have had a shitty miming a beater's bat that I knocked my iPad on the floor. (laughs) My cat is staring at me like, what is wrong with you? My favorite class, I think, would be charms. Mm -hmm. I've always found that very interesting because there's there's almost no set definition and no end to the capacity of which you could use a charm for. And I know that wasn't proper grammar and I hate it. I mean, look at the Committee for Experimental Charms. Mm -hmm. New magic being created. There is literally, the limit does not exist. Yeah. It's anything is possible. I always had a hard time separating charms from transfiguration. And I know transfiguration is very specific. You turn something into something else. Like, can you turn into different things? Or are there set rules that say, you know, a desk always has to be a pig. You can't transform into something else. But I always... No, I don't think there's a rule that says a desk has to be a pig. No, because that would be cool. But I always had a hard time trying to... Smaller desks become piglets. Aww. But then putting them back in place is a little more difficult you have to wait till they're back in desk form oh my gosh (laughs) because they'd just be like running around the classroom yeah wait get my desk it's running away (laughs) my desk just ate my homework (laughs) i spent three hours on that scroll but charms 
I don't really know what they do. Like, is there a straight definition, kind of like transfiguration? It doesn't seem to be. There might be, but I always thought it was changing the aspects of an object, like okay. its color or its ability to fly when it's a thing that can't fly. Mm-hmm. And we need Flitwick. Flitwick? Exactly. Come here and let us know. Okay. Uh, according to the Harry Potter wiki, a charm, also known as an enchantment, was a spell that added certain properties to an object or individual. Charms were distinguished from transfiguration spells in that a charm added or changes properties of an object. It focused on altering what the object did as opposed to what the object was. Interesting. So there's your difference. Yeah. Okay. You're changing what the object is. Mm-hmm. I'm changing what the object does. You're changing it your desk into a pig. I'm making the pig fly. We are the perfect team. I know, right? It's great. And my top three favorite characters, Mm -hmm. when we usually do these types of things, a lot of times I do not think about them beforehand. No. Because it means that I really have to think long and hard when I give an answer. Luna Lovegood. Yes. Because she shows that you can go through a great amount of stress and tragedy and all kinds of things and that it is still the most important thing to be true to yourself. Yes. And I find that really inspiring. And she's always optimistic, which I like. Yeah. Right. She's a literal ball of sunshine. I mean, her Patronus is a a hair. She's a little bunny rabbit. Like, (laughs) it's so fitting. My second favorite character would be... Not Wood. No, I'm not thinking about him right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think would be Remus Lupin. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's kind-hearted, he's smart, he's trustworthy, he's proof that hard work pays off despite having obstacles in your path, and that there is good in the world and people who will help you when the majority of people say, you're not worth my time. And he's hot. That helps. A lot. Yeah. And smart. Mm -hmm. Smart is the real important thing. Yes. And my third favorite, I think I'd have to say Ron. No, no, I take it back. Okay. <laughs> no. As much as I love Ron, and I know this is going to be a wildly unpopular opinion, and we will get to this in another episode, mm-hmm. but is Percy Weasley. Because he shows what it means to stand your ground, even if everyone is against you, and it proves that it is never too late to say you were wrong and apologize. Mm-hmm. And that it's not always easy to fix things because you were so sure you were right and you pushed people away and now you have to come back really embarrassed and say, I was wrong. I was so proud. I was unwilling to see the facts in front of me. And he's a model student. He's smart. He's a rule follower. He's me. Yeah. I am him. Although I did not get to make out with a Ravenclaw prefect in the dungeons. (laughs) Actually, probably more because she wasn't wearing a tie. So, yes, and he was very disheveled. In the words of Raymond Holt, get some. some. Get some. some. Here, Raymond, <laughs> some. But yes, so my third favorite is Percy Weasley because I think there's a lot more to him than people read on the surface. Mm-hmm. And that angers me. I'm very protective of Percy Weasley. <laughs> yes, yes, you cannot touch him. It was very hard for me to come up with three slash four 
because I love so much of so many. Mm-hmm. Like Sirius is great. I had Luna and then I erased Luna because I thought Neville was more fitting. It was very hard because like I love McGonagall. I love you. You love so many of these characters that is right, hard so many that are special. Great. Yeah, and for this for different things. Uh, the ones that I pick it's because I I like them the most all the time. Like Luna doesn't come in until like book four or five. Five. We see very little of her. But that's not her fault. No, I know. So I wanted to pick ones that are there for the long run. Okay. Isn't curious that nobody goes kind of for like the main, main characters? We didn't go for Harry or Dumbledore. Well, or- it's funny because there's a Tumblr post that says, isn't it funny that when you ask somebody who's your favorite Harry Potter character, nobody ever says Harry Potter? No. And I finally met somebody whose favorite character actually was Harry. And I was like, you're just pulling my leg. That can't be true. Nobody's yeah. favorite character is Harry. <laughs> like, that's stupid. And they're like, no, I genuinely can relate. And I was like, oh, all right. I was really surprised. Yeah. No, I I mean, I was the Fred and George growing up. You did pick Hermione, though. You did, I did. pick from the Golden Trio. Yes, because... You picked from both trios. Because she's everything. I mean, Hermione really, I I don't know, I don't even know how to describe her. She's smart. She's kind. She fights for what she she believes. She's the coolest girl in the whole damn world. Yes. If you really think about her, even when she grows up, she is the only one who is starting a rebellion and fighting against everything known and unjust from the wizarding world and the one that's going to make a difference. She... And that's why, and again, we'll get to it. That's why it's so interesting to me because you see her and Percy getting along very, very well Mm -hmm. and then very, very not well and because of what happens in the series and because they're very similar. They both have a goal in mind and they're willing to go after that goal even if literally everyone is saying, well, you'll never succeed in doing that. And she's like, well, watch me. They're both very passionate for what they believe Oh, yeah, driven. And I think Hermione, of the, if you want to say the Golden Trio, is the only one that is going to make a difference. Harry, I mean, yeah, he saved the Wizarding World, <laughs> kind of. He didn't really make a difference. I mean, after they won, he went to be an order and then Magical no, Squad, whatever. That's that's crap. He should have become a teacher. But Hermione, you know. Ron in- accomplished his life stream, though. He got put on a chocolate frog cart. Exactly. But did that change anything? No. I think Hermione, even if she wasn't the Minister of Magic, and we don't know if she's going to be, but... Well, if you count Cursed Child, actually, I don't know if this happened during Cursed Child or before. Mm -hmm. She was head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, and she was also a member of the Department for the Regulation of Magical Creatures. I think it was before, because in Cursed Child, she's already the Minister of Magic. Okay, so yeah, so in reverse order. So she joined the ministry under Shacklebolt, mm-hmm. regulation, Department for the Regulation of Magical Creatures, then ended up head of magical law enforcement, and then eventually ended up minister. So she's started changing the rules or, you know, fighting for the ones that didn't have voices. Since, At 14. Yeah, since Pew. And then she kept a, going. Spug, the Society for the Protection of Ugly Goblins. <laughs> yes. So she And she kept going and she really, she was set on her views that this is not okay and we need to change it. So she did change something. Neither right. of the other two did. So that's why I think Hermione should be Hermione and the time I saved everybody. I mean, that kind of is the way it is. Yeah, true. True, true. That time... 
that I made sure my best friends continued existing for yet another year. <laughs> yes. yes. Starting at age 11. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So now that you hopefully got to know us, there's also a meet your hosts episode. If you mm-hmm. uh, want to get to know us a little more, we're goofballs. We're here for bad jokes and puns and we love Harry Potter. Yeah. So, we go to so many tangents that we end up talking about, I don't know, why Groot should be in Hogwarts. I mean, they put 12 pine trees in the Great Hall for Christmas. Why not bring him in for the Yule Ball and make it special? Oh, yeah, I want that. Although Rocket could never be at Hogwarts. No, <laughs> no, keep Rocket far away from Hogwarts. He'd be like... I need Mad-Eye Moody's eye. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, like, can I have that? I need that man's eye. And I actually don't know who would win that battle, Moody I, or Rocket. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't I don't know. But it would end with extreme destruction. <laughs> yes. Well, these are the kind of things that you can expect from our podcast. Yeah. Lots of tangents that do lead to interesting points. Yes. That are things that you discover and go, huh, I've never thought about that before. Mm-hmm. Not just silly things. And there are a whole ton of Harry Potter podcasts out there. We each listen to a few. Mm-hmm. Many of them go through the books chapter by chapter or a couple chapters by a couple chapters and do an analysis of each chunk of the books through the whole series. We're not going to do that. No. If you're here, you've read Harry Potter. Yes. Many times. Yeah. So to quote Ron Swanson, I know what I'm about, son. Yeah. So... We're going to have, after this episode, we will have seven episodes, one per book, where we will, here's what you missed on Glee, nutshell, that Harry Potter book, Mm -hmm. with a small focus on something we found interesting, be it a place, be it an item, be it people like the Hogwarts founders, something that's prominent in that book, Mm -hmm. that that will be the main topic of discussion for those seven episodes. Yes. And, And then after we go through those seven episodes... We are going to transfer to episodes revolving around specific themes found in the books and character studies. Mm -hmm. Yes, for all of them. I mean, all of these discussions, when we said we want to do Harry Potter on our podcast, because we both love it, our main challenge was like, how are we going to approach these monster of a story and make it unique and make it ours. And most of our discussion starts with usually me driving back from work and like, huh, did you think about this? And then we start like a whole conversation about one thing that maybe I I listen to the audiobooks a lot. So I'm like, huh, did you remember this part? And then that starts a conversation about like Gringotts and how all the money conversion things happen between... At this this rate... Diagon Alley is going to be an episode series in itself because there's going to be an entire episode about Gringotts. <laughs> yes. So it's like, it, and that's how we decided we are going to approach it. Things that really interest us, the, that we need answers to, and we try. And that hopefully you find interesting and that we can make fun. And that sets us a little apart from the standard format of, okay, we're starting a Harry Potter book. Here's your sum up of here's what you missed in the previous Harry Potter books for the first three chapters. Like, mm-hmm. we've all been there. We know what happens. If you're like us, you've read it so many times you can quote it. Yes. It's been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Like, yeah. let's, <laughs> let's, let's approach it from a different angle. Yes. So that is our goal. And this episode was for you to get to know us. We're also going to throw in 
a couple of fun things now. And for those of you who are joining us for the first time, we always have a section at the end of fun things, theoretical questions, Mm -hmm. or sometimes creating playlists of songs for characters, just whatever random thing happens to strike us as we're planning and putting things together. And that's how we end each episode. Yes. So this is just your introduction to something wicked this way comes. Yes. (laughs) Coming soon to a podcast. Do you want to tell a little bit about your experience, how you got into Harry Potter? Sure. I actually got into Harry Potter through my sister. For those of you who are old enough to remember them, the scholastic book fairs that used to set up in your elementary school that every day was the best day ever because all of a sudden you you could buy books for real cheap. And that's a problem when you're me. (laughs) No such thing as too many books, just not enough bookshelves. Exactly. I have five bookshelves and I still don't have enough bookshelves. But so my sister bought me a paperback copy of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because I'm an American. So evidently we're too dumb to know what the word philosopher means. Yes. We're not, by the way. This was soon after the book had been released. It was within the same year. Mm -hmm. And I read it and she bought herself a copy as well. And although my sister and I are two very different people, this remains one of the things that we have in common and still love to this day that I actually, for my 16th birthday, one of my friends had to buy me a hardback copy of Sorcerer's Stone because my paperback copy was taped in so many places with packaging tape. I think like the last, the most of the last three chapters were all held in with packaging, clear packaging tape because I had read it so many times that it Mm -hmm. had just literally fallen apart. Every other book I have is my original hardback from the day it came out. And like, I remember book four came out. And so I'm the older of two and we got my mom into reading them as well. And she is a slower reader. So whoever finished their copy of the book first would give it to mom. So mom could read it. And When book four came out, we had a vacation planned over the summer with two very, very, very long plane rides. So mom said, you're not allowed to read Goblet of Fire, save it for the airplane. And we were like, what? What? Now, how are we supposed to avoid spoilers? Because everybody at school is talking about it. Mm -hmm. How are we supposed to avoid picking up the book that we have in our own hands? So I remember I have a distinct memory sitting on the floor of my sister's room and we're about two years apart. She's two years younger. And each week leading up to vacation, and this was vacation wasn't until like five months later. Oh, each wow. week. Yeah. Oh yeah. So this was like a huge challenge. Like you have this brand new book in front of you that you are not allowed to do anything with for five or six months. It was agonizing. Every week we would open the book to the table of contents, read the first or the next one in order of the chapter title, Mm -hmm. shut the book, and then sit there and talk about what we thought it meant. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, because we're dying here. We had to wait for the books to come out individually. Mm -hmm. People who read it nowadays have no idea how agonizing the wait was. And just how angry people can get if you do spoil something for them. It's like, oh no, this is, yeah. if you would like to keep your limbs intact, 
you will not say <laughs> no. You do not even know. But yes, so that's how we tied ourselves over until because both of our flights put together were supposed to be like 11 hours. Mm-hmm. So mom was like, this book is like 700 something pages. Save it. That's amazing. I didn't know that story. Yeah. Here I am later with Hufflepuff shirt, banner, prints. I'm on my third set of books. If you don't count my Kindle. No, you do count it. Okay, then four. Because I have my original set, the illustrated editions, the Mina Lima illustrated editions, which I said I wasn't going to buy. And then you bought me book one. So I had to buy book two. (laughs) And my Kindle. Sorry. I know. I do not have the house editions yet because I could not justify a fifth set of Harry Potter books. And I also have the illustrated Quidditch Through the Ages, but I also have my original, also from the Scholastic Book Fair, two set, two book set of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and Quidditch Through the Ages with the like little notes from Ron and Harry taking notes in them on it. I still have those. I still have that original copy and they're, they're in amazing shape too. Yeah. So how did you get into Harry Potter? I didn't get into Harry Potter until very, very late. It was, I think 2001, I was 22. Oh, so like all the books were out. No, no. I think the first four were out. Okay. Cause what I, book one came out when I was nine. So I was one of the mm-hmm. set that had to read them as they came out. Yeah, I think Goblet was 2000 and Order of the Phoenix was 2003. So I got into when the first four were out. And that was a couple of years after I came to live in the U.S. from Argentina. And uh, I was babysitting and going to college. And I remember the kids I was babysitting, they were very excited because the movie was coming out. And I don't like, and I said, you know... I, I like the movie, the trailer, and they said, "Oh, there's books about it." I'm like, "There are books about it." So actually, books I are, are almost always ninety nine percent of the time better than the movie. So I should read those. Yeah. So I'm like, I need to read it before the movie. So yes, I, I ended up reading with them, reading their books, not my books. And I, I, I just I was hooked from the first one. I read the four books like one after the other. I'm so jealous that you got to do that. Yes. But it serves you right that you had to stop after book four based on the cliffhanger ending yes. of book four that you had to go through that agonizing way. I know. I, and, it, and it's in such a long time from 2000 to it's three years until the next book. Well, because it, it took a long freaking time to write order. It's huge. It's like 900 some pages. Still, she who must not be named should have written it very quickly. Faster. So, yeah, I got... I got into the game very late but after that I couldn't put it down and I think my work demands a lot of time where I have to I film professionally so it demands a lot of time just with a camera doing nothing I cannot read because I can have the book so I listen to the audiobooks a lot I listen to Jim Dale and I think oh Stephen Stephen Fry no, is better. No, Jim Dale. I can't stand his McGonagall. She's so overly Scottish. It's ridiculous. I know, but it's connect. No, you're nuts. It's no. nuts. No, like it's... the word knife. The K is silent. Knife and it's knut. No, <laughs> no. You don't know. Uh, you are nuts. So I've listened to the audiobooks so many times. I think it's over a hundred per book. 
that I've listened. I like I had him in a loop, like going from one to the last book and then all over again. So that's how I wish I- physical books had tally counters like that. Or if I had thought mm-hmm. to write down each time I reread it from the time, because every time a new book would come out, you'd start the series over yes. to remind yourself. So given that I'm going to be 33 in about a month and a half, almost two months, how many times between age nine and now do you think I've read Sorcerer's Stone? I can quote whole paragraphs Mm -hmm. from memory without even trying. If you say you read like the whole series once a year, then how many years? Probably at least. Well, so that's at least, we're getting into permutations of combinations here. So, well. 20 something. 23 reads base. Mm -hmm. Then you'd have to add, hang on a second. Special reads. Right. You'd have to add the additional reads. If I only read them once a year and I did that math properly, that it would be 23 reads mm-hmm. times seven books is 161 times wow. at the very least. Yeah. But also it's different because when you read the actual copy, you have to find the time to sit down and hold the book and read it or hold the, your tablet and read it. For yeah. me with audiobooks, I can be at work for the eight, nine hours that I'm working and listening at the same time. So it is kind of like lying that I, you know, no, listen no. To so many times. Because listening, you're still being told the story. Mm-hmm. And there are people, for example, we have a friend who is blind, who cannot physically read the book unless he was to buy it in Braille. Mm-hmm. So he listens to the book. So that, in my opinion, that counts. I just am not a fan of audiobooks. I can't do audiobooks unless they're Harry Potter, unless I'm sitting still and doing literally nothing else because my mind will start focusing on something else and I'll miss something. Mm-hmm. So I prefer to have the book in my hand. See, I can only do this with books that I know because it's kind of like retelling the story that I already know. Uh, if I miss something, I know what I missed. Exactly. That's why I can listen to Harry Potter as mm-hmm. an audiobook, but nothing else. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my story. I mean, I, I got into the game very, very late, but I, I never put it down. I never put yeah. those books down. And it is amazing how people of our generation and the generations after us, when they're asked to describe like, what are your favorite things or what things would describe you? Your Hogwarts house is almost as important as like your name or your blood type. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. one of those things that you instinctually know. It's like, what's your, what's your name? What's your phone number? Hogwarts house, favorite color. It's, it's there. Right. Right. I, I even saw a Tumblr post once that said, if you draw a blanket, a job interview about name, three qualities about yourself, list your house traits. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like such a moron for never having thought of this, but that's brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's very <laughs> smart. Um, right. In books, I just have one copy of all the books. I have the illustrated copy. I have the new Minute Lima. And I also have um, somebody gifted me the Spanish Gryffindor version of Sorcerer's Stone, which I, you know, from Argentina, I speak Spanish. I never read the books in Spanish. Never, ever read the books in Spanish. So you didn't get to be delighted by the Death Eaters talking to their leader, Mr. Spooky, Senor Tenebroso. Nope. The dark no, no. So, and I, and I have the book, I said I was going to start it. I started it for like three chapters and then I put it down because I don't have the physical time to do it, but it's one of my goals to read them all in Spanish, which I, I have to say, I feel weird. 
I feel we are reading it in Spanish since I know it so much in English. It's interesting. Here's what one of my friends does, because I, I used to read the books aloud to my sister. When I read the books aloud, like we have a group of friends that gets together and I'll just we'll just read like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or something else. I'll read aloud and he just recently got a seven book set mm -hmm. in Spanish. So he reads his Spanish copy as I'm verbally reading the English copy. Wow. And for him, he said it's amazing how much makes sense and he notices the differences in the translations between yeah. what's what I'm saying reading off the page versus because sometimes phrases don't carry over, no. don't translate over. So it's jokes he don't said do it's that. Been, yeah, it's been very interesting because our running joke at at one point I think it was in chamber. Ron said, uh, what's up, Harry? And I was like, Kepasa! <laughs> so it's now like trying to find Kepasa Harry in every book. Yeah. And I was really disappointed because where we are in Prisoner of Azkaban, somebody had said, uh, how are you, Harry? And I said, Kepasa! And he goes, no, this is a different type of how are you. Because exactly. It's yeah. a different feel and a different age gap between the people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, bummer. I know, I know. Also, Almost every time the word O, O-H, is said in English, almost every time in Spanish, it's A, A-H. Yeah, yeah. Which is so strange to me. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But so going from that, from reading the books to seeing the movies, did your favorite characters change as you got further into the series? I think they did. Well, each book has a different favorite favorite character. I or I almost that, yeah. every book. I did love uh, Albus Dumbledore. I ended up not liking him as much. I think problematic fave, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of the ones that changed the most in okay. my eyes. I always liked McGonagall. I love McGonagall now, right? And one thing, and this is. Might be an unpopular opinion, and people may not like me after this, but I never saw the attraction to Ginny as a character. I think she's okay. She is in the book. I like her as a character. Well, first of all, movie Ginny no, no, no. is a total disservice yes. to everything. Yes. Throwing that out of the way. Book Ginny, I think, comes into her own because once she gets over her, oh my God, you're Harry Potter. Yes. You're the boy who lived. Yes. Like once, once she gets over the fact that she can't talk to him and you see her start to think for herself, she's the one to offer the suggestions. Oh, well, if you need to be able to get into Umbridge's office, I can make that happen. And he's like, well, how would you know? And she's like, well, you live with Fred and George long enough. You start to believe anything's possible. Mm -hmm. Like she's the quietly mischievously brave one. Yes. You don't notice it. And I like how that solidifies as the mm -hmm. book goes on, as the books go on, that she becomes more and more sure of her place and who she is. Yeah, I understand that. There's people that really love her. It's like, oh, she's this great character. I'm like, I don't see it. I just see her as a quiet, you know, stupid sister Ginny. <laughs> that's, that's I mean I don't really see it see her as a great character another character that also you start kind of like liking and then you end up loving is Neville Neville is all oh the changes God. he goes through you end up yeah. loving him forever and ever well and also when you realize that Neville's the reason he wasn't very good the first five years is because he was using his father's wand yeah Yes. Juan chooses the wizard. Of course, he's going to be working at an automatic disadvantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they they have changed for me. Have they changed for you throughout the series? I think I appreciate Luna more each time. Because at first I liked her and thought, oh, she's kind of quirky. But then like the more I thought about it and the more 
you get her little bits of wisdom of like, oh, my things disappear, but they always come back to you in the end. Mm-hmm. And like how almost ethereal her personality is. And yet she's so steadfast in her beliefs. Mm-hmm. Also, I grew up hating Percy Weasley and then realized from an analytical point of view, I'm hating everything that is present within myself. Maybe I need to take another look wow. at this. I was like, because I understand the, I'm going to stick to my guns, but I've realized I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And now I'm too embarrassed to back off. So I just, I guess I got to keep going. But then eventually there will come a point when you'll say, okay, enough is enough. I, I've just got to suck it up and admit it. I was wrong. Yeah. And that 100% full hearted passion of throwing yourself into something you want. Mm-hmm. I absolutely understand. And the rules are there for a reason is what keeps us all from anarchy is like, thank you. Someone said what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, it's just like a lot of the characters that I kind of brushed off as not thinking about them so deeply before I gained more respect for, even mm-hmm. like in the case of Gilderoy Lockhart, like, do I like him? No. Do I respect that he is smart and thinks for himself? Now I absolutely do. Yeah. As a kid, I was just like, get this glittery, my shiny teeth in me, wavy haired yeah. <laughs> asshole out of my face. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. But there's a reason he was a Ravenclaw. He mm-hmm. is strategically brilliant. Yes. Also with every reread of the books, characters that may not have a lot of weight in the story become favorites to me for me. Kind of like mm-hmm. Flitwick. Flitwick, we don't see much of him. Daedalus Diggle. Yeah. <laughs> I love Daedalus Diggle. He's amazing. We'll die on this hill. <laughs> he is fantastic. Yeah. So each with each reread, you you find new things for from characters that maybe you didn't think about it before. Kind of like Umbridge. The first time you read it, she's the worst. You keep reading and she keeps getting worse and now worse and worse at the time. The, the super worst, right. And I always vacillated within the golden trio between Ron and Hermione. Yes. But I I think Ron always won out a little bit for me. Especially once you got to book seven because mm-hmm. it showed that, look, you know, you can do the wrong thing and still do the right thing in the end mm-hmm. because it turns out that was what was meant to happen all along. Yes. And that's what really proves your friendship to one another. It's not that you left, it's that you came back. What I really appreciate about him, and this is something that I always loved about him, is how he took the, you know, he was the second one behind. He was like Harry Potter's shadow. I'm Harry Potter's stupid friend. But he was still himself. He never lost himself. And he was never... I'm here because you're famous. I'm here because I truly am your friend. And I'm always going to support you from the shadows, from, the, you know, the nobody knows me. And I really love that about, about Ron. Right. He's, I mean, it would be very hard to be best friends with Harry Potter and not even the best person to not feel a very small twinge of jealousy mm-hmm. for all the attention that Harry gets, whether or not he wants it. Mm-hmm. And you just automatically becoming invisible in comparison. Yeah. He was very human to me. He was very Mm -hmm. real as a character. Especially because he was the same in his family. So he moved from his family and he's trying to do something to, you know, be himself or be better than his brothers or or separate from his his brothers. And then he gets to school and he's the same to Harry. He even says it to Harry at one point that, 
it doesn't matter what I do because somebody in my family's already done it. Yeah. Although I am pretty sure he's the first member of his family to be put on a chocolate frog card. So, yeah. And that sounds like a very me type goal. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I don't care about it. Means glory. I did something awesome, but the really awesome thing is that I'm on a chocolate frog card. Exactly. Do you think there's any character that the books could do without besides Harry? <laughs> <laughs> well, other than the, the standard, like other kids that they put in to round out mm-hmm. the number of people in each house, Lavender Brown, I think, is totally unnecessary. Yeah, she is. Poor Lavender. No, no, not poor Lavender. We don't know if she's dead. She lost the bunny. Oh, okay. I, well, then I feel bad for the bunny. <laughs> not for her. For the, the bunny. bunny was stuck with Lavender. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have some one person that is because any of the not secondary but third or fourth characters, line characters, we could do without. Right, and I mean, well, all of them serve a purpose to further the plot in that, like. Lavender and Cormac are there for jealousy purposes. Mm -hmm. Dean and Seamus are there for Quidditch and jealousy and friendship testing purposes. Because they're five beds on the Gryffindor Tower and we need to fill them out. Yes, exactly. This is my question. Are there the same number of people sorted into each house each year? We're going to know the answer to that in the next episode. Well, we don't actually know the answer. No. But we have a canonical example where we can only identify one Gryffindor girl and two Gryffindor boys Mm -hmm. as a year. Is that the entire Gryffindor house for that year? We don't know. We may never know. We may never know, and it's going to bug me. Mm -hmm. I want to know. Can you You show me? me? Can someone else... With a better souls show. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I would like a book about the Marauders, but I do not want this author to write it. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I mean, I feel like this is really sad. Charlie doesn't serve that big of a purpose either. No. And that's really a shame. If you look at it, Flickwit doesn't serve a lot of purpose. No. And that's he- very sad. And he was a dueling champion. He could be replaced by anyone. It's it, This is sad. It's sad to think about this. I know. Sorry I asked the question. <laughs> that's, that's okay. I mean, like, I. it depends on what your criteria are. Why is the character unnecessary? Is it because they're just there to move the plot along and could be therefore replaced with anyone? Mm-hmm. Or is it that they mean they do literally nothing in the case of Zachariah Smith? Poor Zachariah who is he's in my own house and I will happily boot him (laughs) not to be confused with Terry boot who's a Ravenclaw I mean because he serves zero purpose yeah other than to just piss Harry off he has no purpose no we could do without Oliver how dare you anyone could have friendship (laughs) no we we needed somebody to teach Harry how to play Quidditch (laughs) yeah which is kind of important and then Puddlemere United needed a keeper (laughs) <laughs> he all a reserve keeper and i hope eventually primary starting spot keeper oh he was all the way yes he was and he he came back to fight at the battle of Hogwarts. so the entire gryffindor quidditch team did actually which is amazing so you take that back i take it back i'm waiting for an apology Thank I, you. i'm okay. so sorry i mean he's okay. awesome i was just joking i for, i forgive you thank you it's like how i know i knew that was going to be your reaction i you know, know like how I needed to get it on tape. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Okay, so I know that this is something that shocked me, that the actor who plays Gilderoy Lockhart, or 
isn't an actor is not only did he direct Thor, what Marvel's Thor, but he is globally famous for his performance of Shakespeare's Hamlet. I didn't know that until you told me, but I was sure that he did those things. He didn't abbreviate the people first. I mean, he did those and then he was like, yeah, anything's that was possible. But I was like, that guy? Are you sure? Hamlet? The guy who opened it, uh, I was going to say a can of pixies. <laughs> <laughs> they come in a can like one of those snakes that you take the tube of and it shoots out at you. Like, or bucket of soldiers. Like, yeah. he opened a cage of pixies and was like, I got this. They chuck his wand out the window. He's like, I don't got this. You three got this. Bye. And yeah. I was like, this guy's Hamlet? Yeah, like, <laughs> the, the guy who went like, oh, no bones. Uh, that sometimes happens. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that's a common side effect. It'll, it, But the good thing is your arm isn't broken now. Yeah. <laughs> Nor is it an arm. I just finished watching a couple of days ago the special, the Harry Potter special for the, it was the 20th anniversary of the yeah, movie. Yeah, I still haven't watched it yet. Okay. One of the things that I didn't know was that Hermione Emma Watson didn't want to come back to finish the movies. Did you know that? No, why? Because she felt very alone. Like she was very lonely. Aww. Well, that's, life imitates art. (laughs) I didn't know that. I mean, there's so many things that really And she's such a powerful person. I mean, she graduated with a degree from Brown, an Ivy League university. Mm -hmm. She does so much for women's rights as an advocate, as, I forget what her official job title is, but like, She's involved in all kinds of movements that deal with, like, drawing up legislation to try and actually change laws. She is real-life Hermione Granger. Yeah, all of the girls did that. Because Luna, I mean, um, what's her name? I forgot her name. I'm coming up with Amelia Clark. Ivana Lynch. Ivana Lynch. Amelia Clark is Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. (laughs) Wrong E. Sorry. Ivana Lynch, she's also an activist. Also is Ginny Weasley. I forgot yes, Bonnie Wright. Yeah, they're all activists for different things. Right. Awesome, awesome young women. Yes. And if you don't follow Ivana Lynch on Instagram, half of the pictures are of her and her cat, and it's wonderful. Yes. Doesn't she do like trapeze, like yeah, acrobat? She's, she's like a, an, an acrobat. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. So she's. She, a, she is Luna. real life Luna Lovegood. I'm like, <laughs> what can't you do? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So. Gilderoy Lockhart may or may not be an actor. Time will tell. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I found out that he lied to us and just like photoshopped his face onto that performance. (laughs) Magically photoshopped his face onto that performance. Okay, so now we are going to have what will, for She-Ra was our fun with the best friend squad, our fun time random questions, but now it is magical mayhem. Yay. So if you had to take the place of a character in Harry Potter still carrying out their role in the books, mm-hmm. but it's you instead of them. Who would it be and why? At first, I want to say Neville. I will really, really carry out his role. His life story is a little sad, but I do. A little? Yeah, a little <laughs> lot. I really do identify with him. If it wasn't him, I will say Arthur. I would love to be Arthur. Who wouldn't love to be Arthur Weasley? That man is just so pure. He is. I know you said one, but those are my two. Okay. Now, if you're going under the assumption of who would I fit best as, I think the answer is Hermione or Percy. But who would I want to be? It's very difficult when there are not a lot of Hufflepuffs in the books. Yeah. That don't end up dead. (laughs) (laughs) 
You can be Zechariah Smith. No, why? <laughs> you know, I really don't have a good answer for this. I mean, I can also see myself as Neville. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. that kind of speaks to me of like, I'm not really sure of who I'm supposed to be, but I'm going to hopefully figure it out. Mm-hmm. I also would probably suck at potions because <laughs> I try to follow instructions well, but inev- inevitably skip lines and can't read things as you've heard me yeah. attempt to read from my own notes. And I don't know. I just. I think you will be Hermione. I mean, you, really? you fit Hermione so well. Yes. I was contemplating that, but I guess I'm, well, I'm thinking about me now as opposed to me when I was like in high school or college. I was definitely Hermione at that point. Mm-hmm. Now I'm more like, ah, do I want to be lazy today or do I want to do the thing where she's always do the thing, do the thing, do the thing. Yeah. And now that you're an adult, it's like, I went to work. Do I want to do anything else today? <laughs> it's like, I, I was Hermione and I grew up to be Ron. Like, <laughs> yeah. I already just, adulted today. That's it. Right, right. I already adulted today. Now it's time to just chill, which is perfectly fine. Ron yeah. is an awesome person to be. Yes. But, and Ron is someone I can relate to all throughout my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of a combo of Ron and Hermione, I think. Yeah. But I'm not stupid enough to try and not pick up a letter from the floor yeah no no Mm -mm. okay next question okay hit me all right (laughs) stupid sister jenny (laughs) if you could bring anything from the muggle world Mm -hmm. into the wizarding world that would baffle witches and wizards and i will explain this because there was a tumblr post that talked about muggle-borns and half-bloods who would bring thermoses Mm -hmm. of hot chocolate or something into the great hall thermoses being insulated beverage holders so it keeps whatever's inside already hot or already cold and all the purebloods were like what kind of sorcery is this and they'd be like thermos at their at their cup and wouldn't understand why it didn't work (laughs) like this was just straight up a muggle invention that did something that their magic couldn't do yeah what would you bring to confuse either intentionally or unintentionally, the wizarding world. I don't know if it confused, but to amuse for sure, I will bring one of those giant slinkies and just push it down the magical staircases so to see if it will go from one to the other. Oh my God, I would... Be- we could one up Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Yes. And started from the top floor, timed the moving of the staircases yes. so that it, to see if you could get it all the way down to the entrance hall yeah. with the staircases moving. Yes. Oh, new yes. life goal. Yes. New life goal. I mean, I, when I thought about it, I'm like, I would love to do that. I mean, I don't know if it's going to buffle them because they're going to be like, why is it so interesting about this thing? But I think it will be totally entertaining and Fred and George will love us for it. Oh, yeah. And I just, oh, I forget what the liquid is. I have to look this up because I just had a thought. This was also hard to pick because we know that electronics don't work at Hot Wars because it will be easy to say, you know, oh, I'll bring my cell phone. I'll bring, you know, a DVD player. Another thought that I had was in Argentina growing up, there were these little cars, like matchbox cars. Yeah, little race cars. They were called Galgo. and. Okay. When you put them underwater, they will change colors. I think Hot Wheels had something similar. Yeah, it was called like magic color. It depended on hot water versus cold water. They will change different colors. And I'm like... We had a ton of stuff like that. That like will be awesome. Like Play-Doh, that kind of stuff, yeah. That would be awesome to bring at Hogwarts. Okay, now this is just... And I will quote Hermione here. This isn't magic. It's logic. Okay. And 
Harry's like, well, how does that help us? And she says, because most wizards don't have an ounce of logic. They'd be stuck here forever. Did you know that if you fill a beaker with oil and then put a smaller beaker inside the beaker full of oil, Mm -hmm. when you look into the beaker, it looks like the smaller beaker has completely disappeared? No. Huh. It's based on the way light refracts through oil and the borosilicate glass of the beaker. You can make a beaker, quote, disappear Mm -hmm. just by putting it in a bigger, like you could do it with, well, it has to be beakers because it's that specific type of glass. Uh So take a big beaker, fill it with oil, put a smaller beaker in it. (gasps) Where'd the beaker go? And everybody would be like, did you just cast an invisibility charm? And you'd be like, no, science, bitches. (laughs) Like (laughs) the magic of science. Yes. Because I saw it. I'm glad I thought of this because I got to this question and I was like, oh God, I don't have an answer. Mm-hmm. But I remember I've seen this done. And as a science nerd, usually it's like, oh, you see all the experiments. Oh, I've seen this before. I know ha- what happens, the difference between when you light a balloon fil- with helium on fire versus mm-hmm. a balloon full of hydrogen on fire. Yeah. One of them, the balloon pops. One of them, the balloon creates a fireball because hydrogen is extremely flammable. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking, and this is... That's the power of science. I were the Muggle Studies teacher. Do you remember that experiment to drop the egg and you have to put something around it so it doesn't break? That You you have to drop it? No, we never did that. You never did that? No. It was an experiment that you got an egg and you had to devise something around it. So when you dropped it from for a first floor, it will not break. So ask all the pure bloods to do something like that without magic. I think it will be, it will blow their minds. Those air cushions that they put in, in Amazon packaging. Yeah. Try it. Make a, make yeah. a, like a hamster ball of uh-huh. it, put the egg in the middle. But make sure it's tight enough around that the egg can't move mm-hmm. because otherwise the movement of the egg will make it shatter. Yeah. And depending on that, or put it in jello. Hmm. See, you're already coming up with answers. I want to know what Malfo will come up with without magic. He'd be like, why would I want to drop an egg down a staircase? What's the point of that? Not that he will be taking muggle studies. for No, he will be caught dead <laughs> taking muggle studies. His father would not be hearing about that. No, at all. Okay, so we already kind of talked about the next question. No. No, we didn't. What animal will you be your animagus form? Yeah, like what did you think going in? I mentioned it. Uh, I think we talked about Patronuses, not animagus. Oh, oh, Patronuses, you're right. Hey, hello. You're not allowed at Hogwarts anymore. (laughs) We'll take away your wand. So if you were to become an animagi, animagi, I always pronounced it animagi in my head (laughs) growing up, what did you think, what form do you think you would take? They say that it's something like that you relate to or that you're more like that animal. Personality type, yeah. yeah. I will think I will be some kind of bear. But not like a grizzly kind of bear, but kind of like a panda bear, you know, the one that falls from the uh, tree and just stays like that. I think it will be some kind of bear. I can totally see that. And because, also because I hibernate, I can sleep like 14 hours. <laughs> I, yeah. And I will not wake up. So that I can see that though. That's legit. I would probably be a cat. Like <laughs> Yes. Yes, you would. Gets into everything, wants to know how everything works. I mean, why do you think cats knock things off the counter? Because they're doing science. They want to test the gravity is still functioning. Exactly. Not because they're assholes. No, not at all. 
totally not calling my cat an asshole. Not at all. <laughs> Why do you think one of my parents' cats taps the water in the water bowl? They want to make sure it's still liquid. Exactly. And it, ha- it hasn't magically become a solid when they walk away. <laughs> and it's not empty either. Exactly. Other than the most cats are very nimble and not clumsy. <laughs> yeah. I am the portion of cats who are clumsy, but that's okay. <laughs> so you're the ones that jump and never make it to the other surface and they just yep. flop to the floor. Yep. It's like, I tried though. Time to do some more research. And one day, one day I will make it from the bed <laughs> to the window. Yes. Our last question. If you had to name Harry Potter's middle child, Mm-hmm. instead of Albus Severus, <laughs> because you thought I'm a decent human and would like this kid not to be bullied, what would you have named his kid? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, of all of the names that Dumbledore has, why didn't you take Brian? I, I know that because probably because that very few people in the wizarding world probably know that one of his middle names is Brian. Wolfric. Take Wolfric. Don't take. He has Percival before that. Yes. I always like the name Jake Peralta. No, Jake Potter yeah. or or Owen. Owen's a good name. Owen. Um, I actually went and and named all his kids because oh, did you? because Tell me. I don't like any of their names. So James will be Benjamin. I really like Benjamin. Benjamin Potter. Oh, see, I you need to have a middle name for it though. Benjamin James. He could be James. I don't care. Okay. Not really liking it, but he could be Jake Owen Potter, and then for. I forgot the name, girl's name. Lily Luna. Lily Luna. I like Grace Molly. See, I'd, I'd flip it around. Molly Grace. I like, no, I like Grace. I think, I don't like when kids have the same name as the parents. I, right. The first name. Well, it's I, not it's, his parent. Molly isn't his parent. Well, it will be Jeannie's. So oh, I don't okay. like. <laughs> I was like, Molly isn't his parent. I know, but I don't like, Molly will be mother-in-law. Mother, right. mother. I don't, that's the only way why I put another one, another name first. I love Grace for her. Okay. Grace Potter. Yeah. See, now I only renamed Albus Severus and I followed the rule of, I named you after two of the greatest men I've ever known. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really come up with a middle name until the second, but I think it, I think it really fits. Mm-hmm. It may not be one of the greatest people Harry has ever known, but it fits. He would be Remus Oliver. I like that. Because James Sirius, where the hell's Remus in your kids, man? Yeah. Like, way to leave out your favorite teacher ever. Yeah. Good job. Yes. I was reading somewhere this week that, remember book three, Harry- This does, is my, my favorite Yeah, book. Harry doesn't get to go to Hawksmeade because he doesn't have the form. He doesn't have a permission form, yeah. Yeah, so Lupin comes over and he's like, hey, let's go have some tea together. But, yeah, he's like, you won't have had this. Oh, butterbeer, I love that stuff. Yeah. Harry, I don't know when to shut my mouth, Potter. Like- yes, exactly. <laughs> but the first time that he's like, oh, let's go have tea, and they have tea in their office, I read somewhere, and it said, that is Halloween. So Remus was not only yes. Remus was not only saying, hey, because you didn't go to Hogsmeade, but because he knew how important that, that day was, and he was looking after I him. I never... I never made that connection. Yeah, and, and he was, you know, it also affected him. He was very sad, and oh he's like, I know, oh doesn't it melt God. your heart? He didn't want to be him to be alone. Yes. And he didn't want to be alone himself. Yes. Doesn't oh. melt your heart? Oh, that's really sad. Why would you do that? It's. I thought it was, it was amazing. I mean, it's, that it, it's, and it's hopeful, too. And it's, like, it speaks 
to how you know how Lupin is, how how thoughtful he is. Yes, yes, and how much people judge him, and this without even touching the werewolf thing, mm-hmm. they they judge him on his looks and yeah, on his actions, but they don't realize how much forethought was put into those actions. Yes, like that. Yeah, I, I read and, it and I'm like, it is sad, but also I I think it's I never amazing. realized. I realized they said it was Halloween, but it never clicked. I was like, oh, right. Your parents died today. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and my best friend. So maybe you need some contention. Some, right. Some affection. I thought today. he's just like, I don't get to have any candy because Ron and Hermione are in Hogsmeade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sad. Guess I'll go do my potions homework. Yeah. <laughs> sure, <laughs> that was all that I thought about. Yeah. Sure. But that, that's a that's a really good catch. I never thought about that. Yeah, me neither. I found, you know, you find out we have read how many times the books and you uh, still find new things. This is why Remus Lupin is one of my favorites. He is. He is. And he deserves all the love. Yes, he does. And speaking of loving Remus Lupin, yes. if you are a reader of fanfic and you happen to ship Remus and his husband, Sirius Black, <laughs> commonly known as wolf star among the community we actually covered a fanfic for my birthday this past year mm-hmm. and did a podcast episode about it yes so if you go back there is a link to the fanfic it in the episode description it is called it's on ao3 it's called inked by drunk on turpentine yes and it is one of my favorite remus serious fix and it is it's so cute. You're it, just going to want to like. It is super cute. It will rot your teeth cute. Yes. It's like just all the mushy feels. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so Plus, cute. if you need any more reason to love Lupin, go read it. Yeah. Oh, honestly. Honestly. Remus Lupin, best ever. Yes. Now we have an action item for you, as my dad would say. Uh, <laughs> something, the thing that you need to do. Pretend you're Lucius Malfoy and tell us the things you heard about on our social media pages. Because we have those. We can be found on TikTok at Realm Stories Pod. On the Instagram, we don't update all that often at Realm of Endless Stories Podcast. And on Facebook, which we do update at The Realm of Endless Stories Podcast. Our email, if you would like to win the participation trophy of first person to ever shoot us an email other than spam. Yes. Our email is listed on our TikTok and Facebook page, the realm of endless stories at gmail.com. The realm of endless stories is a Facebook page and we have a group that is linked there called Lucius Malfoy and the things he heard about on our podcast. Yes. So feel free to join, start a discussion. Tell us what you'd like to hear us discuss. Is there something that you say, I really hate Lavender Brown and this is why. Like, we'll address it. We'll give you a shout out. We'll we'll work it into our notes. Mm-hmm. Like, talk to us, people. Yes. Just don't send us any howlers, please. No, no howlers. You'll spook my cat. <laughs> I don't, I, I would not, he would be very angry about that. And if you're enjoying taking this journey with us, whether you've been here just for the past however long I've been talking, or from the very beginning or somewhere in between, Give us a follow on whatever platform you listen to us on and consider leaving us a review if you would be so kind, because we found out last week that someone left us a review six months ago and we never knew how to find. I know. So So please, please consider leaving a review, even if it's just one word, two words, or a star, or a heart. Totally awesome. Totally awesome. (laughs) 
because you also will position us in a way that more people can find us and can listen to us. So please, please. I prefer pig farts. Pig farts. <laughs> I'll transfer to pig farts. Oh, it's, yeah. That's next year, though. Yes, next year. Yeah, because this year, the place has really gone to the dogs. <laughs> yes. So you know what that means. Yes. Back to witches and wizards it's and magical beasts. The goblins and ghosts into magical feasts. It's all that I love and it's all that I need at Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Man, we're glad we went back. See y'all next time. Something wicked this way comes.